All right, welcome back. It is day 22 of 100 Days of Podcast. Uh, with me, Heather Balseric, your host of the Connect the Dots podcast. Welcome. Uh, today, we are going to be talking about some of my takeaways from Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Now, I have known of Brene Brown for a while. I absolutely love her talk on empathy. I have watched it several times. One of my favorite things to watch and to share is the um, is the video. It's like the cartoon video that somebody made uh, of her TED Talk. I mean, it's great. I'll make sure to link it. But my favorite part is when she's giving in the giving the example of sympathy, and the animal looks down in the hole and is like, "Oh, it's bad, huh? Huh? No." You want a sandwich? (laughs) I mean, what a great example of how sympathy is so different than empathy. And I used to show this video and send this video out when I was doing, um, like when I had new hires uh, in, in customer service technical support, because it was really a good example, right? You're on the phone with a customer and the customer is going through something and then you just kind of like, oh, Oh, what well, do you want to buy something? Like you just like kind of revert like to something completely different that like doesn't even remotely um, like correlate to what they're calling about. And it's just such a good example. So I'll link it if you've never watched it or if you've watched it, go watch it again because it's funny. It's impactful. It, it helps. Anyway, Dare to Lead was the first book that I ever bought of Brene's though. Um, and it's been on my bookshelf for a little bit, and I hadn't gotten to it. And then they announced last year that they were going to um, listen to it in the leadership book club that I was in at work. I was like, bingo, perfect timing. I'm going to be able to get through this book um, without having like, like outside of work time. I can get through the book, listen to it, and follow along. And then I get to have some commentary with my coworkers so we can kind of put it into practice. So um, it was really great. And after going through it again today, I'm telling you, I think I'm going to go back and reread it after I finish the current book I'm reading of hers, which is Atlas of the Heart. Um, More on that in in the next 10 episodes, (laughs) in the deep thoughts episodes I'm going to talk about about from that book uh, in the next 10. Anyway, so I'm going to share a few things today from Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. Uh, The first two I'm going to call out actually come from the introduction chapter of this book, uh, which is kind of funny. I actually had some stuff I could have called out from the, uh, a note from Brene, like I guess the foreword, but I was like, no, (laughs) I'll wait. I'll get stuff from the actual, like the actual book, I guess. Um, But this, this comes from the introduction and she gives Um, a list of 10 behaviors and cultural issues that leaders identified as getting the way in organizations. And so the first one uh, that stuck out to me was number five. And it says, we get stuck and defined by setbacks, disappointments, and failures. So instead of spending resources on cleanup to ensure consumers, stakeholders, and internal processes are made whole, We are spending too much time and energy reassuring team members who are questioning their contribution and value. And I wrote out beside this, are we doing enough? And when I read this 
quote, and I think about it in terms of it being something that is getting in our way, I think of it like this. So there's a problem that's that's happened. And let's let's say the organization is having an issue with a product that is leading to customer dissatisfaction. So customers are calling in upset, customers are leaving uh, surveys that, you know, they're mad and upset about this particular thing that's going on. So instead of actually going and fixing the problem, right, root cause analysis, instead of doing that and fixing the problem so that our, so that the people aren't getting yelled at, getting bad surveys and all these things, instead of doing that, we're, we're just spending our time reassuring our team members um, of their contribution value. And not that we shouldn't be, but we're not fixing the problem. We're, we're just putting a, you know, putting flowers, you know, giving flowers and band-aids uh, to the people that are being hurt by the problem instead of fixing the actual problem. So that really, that's happened. Like I was in customer service for so long. And so I've seen this over and over and over again. Then on this list of 10, um, the 10th one is perfectionism and fear are keeping people from learning and growing. Oh, I have so many thoughts on perfectionism, but (laughs) I'm actually going to do one of the deeper thoughts episodes all about perfectionism (laughs) and things about it. So... I'm just going to leave that that quote right there, right? So this is one of the things that's getting in the way um, in in organizations, right? Perfectionism and fear are keeping people from learning and growing. So it's that you know people feel like they can't fail um, because really when you when you fail, that's when you grow. That's when you learn. When you get something wrong, when you make a mistake, that's a place where you can learn and grow. Versus living in a space where it's like, it must be perfect. It must be perfect. Um, I'm so, I'm scared. It's not going to be right. I'm, you know, it's going to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. I got to do this. I got to do that. Let me get 87 people to look over it and make sure it's good before I go present it to these people. And you're not learning and growing that way in, in, in the right sense, right? If it's the, if the culture isn't supporting the learn, learning and growth, if it's just about being perfect that fear that you may get called out in a meeting, that's not helping anybody. Anyways, we will dive more into that subject here somewhere between episode um, 31 and 40. (laughs) In the next section, or in the very next section, like literally a page over, um, she's talking about um, like a rumble. So if, if you don't know what a rumble is, so she defines a rumble as it's a discussion, conversation, or a meeting defined by a commitment to lean into vulnerability, to stay curious and generous, to stick the, with the messy middle of the problem identification and solving, to take a break and circle back when necessary, and to be fearless in owning our parts. So a rumble, right? It's It's one of those things you know, getting in there, there's something happening, you're going to get in there with your colleagues, and you're going to rumble through it, you're going to have a hard discussion, you know, you're going to be doing those kind of things. And in the very end of this, it's actually in bold text, uh, this, what I just read you, um, it in the sentence ends with, 
And as psychologist Harriet Lerner teaches, to listen with the same passion with which we want to be heard. That is something as a leader, whether you're a leader of people or you just want to lead from where you are, if you're an an independent, uh, an individual contributor, you know, that we need to have more of that, right? Listen with the same passion with which we want to be heard. Listening to understand uh, versus listening to respond. That's what this quote makes me think about. All right, then in chapter one, there is a quote that's that I, that I really I really like this quote because it reminds me of a subject uh, called psychological safety or a concept I should say not a subject a concept called psychological safety um, and she says trust is the stacking and layering of small moments and reciprocal vulnerability over time trust and vulnerability grow together and to betray one is to destroy both. And again, having been in some environments where I couldn't be vulnerable, I, the level of trust that I had with my leadership, um, you know, it was, it was hard, uh, because there would be something like I would think something was going one way and then I would find out something else and, it would just betray everything. And uh, I mean, there was one time I had a boss that I really, I really liked my boss, had a lot of respect for him. And I, um, I had been at the company for like four years and, and we didn't have a, a vacation policy that like the longer you had been there, the more vacation you got. It was just, all right, you've been here a year, you've been here 20, you get two weeks kind of thing. And I was working a lot and I really needed some extra time off. And so I asked my, my boss, who was one of the VPs, I said, Hey, you know, can we talk about, you know, I'm, I'm salary employee I'm doing all this work. Is there, uh, you know, I haven't gotten a raise <laughs> in three years. Uh, is there a way <laughs> that I could possibly get an extra week of vacation? And, and he was all for it. He was like, Oh, absolutely. Uh, he, he wasn't, um, he wasn't from the U S and, and so in, in Europe, they have some different rules around vacation and whatnot. And he was like, I don't ever understood why y'all don't get as much vacation. And I said, well, great. I really appreciate it. You know, we please make sure you send that over to HR. So everything is in, you know, good. And he never did. And then when I asked him about it later, when it came back up, he was like, I never told you that. What? Like, Yeah. Like all of the trust and and everything that I had in that relationship, like just snap, like gone. Like at that point, anything that he he could tell me that was going to happen or yes, I'll do this for you or I'm going to go to bat for you, I immediately didn't believe him. Like lost it in that instant. So trust it is 100% so important and, and being vulnerable with 
you know, as a, as a leader, be vulnerable with your employees, as an employee, be vulnerable with your manager, right? You have to have that reciprocal vulnerability, uh, creating that trust, earning that trust between the two, um, and between the group or whatever setting you're in, but just know that those grow together. And if you betray one, it's going to destroy both. Okay. The, the next one, um, I'm going to just, I'm just going to read these next two quotes um, because I want to get into this next section because again, I'm running, gosh, running short on time. Um, So the next quote is clear is kind, unclear is unkind. Just think about that, right? So many more things could get done if we were just clear in our expectations. Being clear in the expectations that you're setting for somebody, um, that you're setting for your team, that you're setting for um, the a project or whatever the case may be, if you're if you're clear, that is being kind. But if you're very vague and you're and you're just kind of well, just do blah blah. If you know what you want, you can let people have creative freedom on things. But be clear on the objectives. Don't him and haw around them. Um, let's see the next one in in a daring leadership role. It's time to lift up our teams and help them shine. Oh, I love that. I love that because it is so true. As a leader, it's not about you. It's about the team that you're leading. It's about the people that you are, that you are helping to grow. Um, that's why you'll see you know, that's why sometimes you'll see like the difference between a leader and a manager, those little things that people put out, you know, a leader is there pushing, right? They're there, you know, helping the team move forward where the manager is just kind of sitting over there like, no, do this and do this, do this, you know, oh, you want a sandwich? (laughs) Sorry, couldn't help it. One of my favorite lines. It's so funny. Um, but, but just think about that, right? In a daring leadership role, it's time to lift up our teams and help them shine. Okay, the next section I'm actually going to use, I'm going to wrap up the podcast on this section. Um, and I want you to know, like, I'm literally not, I'm at, like halfway through the book, maybe. Uh, I'm on page one, where'd it go? Wait, hold on. Uh, 140 uh, of this book. And... So I didn't even get like to, to my thoughts from like ha- the other half of the book. Um, and I've also in kind of reviewing the book and looking at the things that I highlighted that stood out to me, I found several sections that I'm actually going to, again, I'm going to go back and revisit uh, in, in the next set. So between 30, episode 31 and 40, when we go into deep thoughts, because I want to take some of what she talks about here and combine it with her new book, Atlas of the Heart. And give you some insight from that book. So here is the last section that I'm going to talk on. Um, and then I will wrap up today's podcast. So this says, empathy is infinite and renewable. The more you give, the more we all have. That means all pain can be met with empathy. There is no reason to rank and ration. In those bad moments, it's not our job to make things better. It's just not. Our job is to connect. It's to take the perspective of someone else. Empathy is not connecting to an experience. 
It's connecting to the emotions that underpin an experience. Empathy is connecting to the feeling under the experience and not the experience itself. You don't have to know what it's like to lose a parent. To be able to connect with somebody that's lost a parent. You can connect to the sadness. You can connect to the feeling of loss. You don't want to compare, right? This is not a compare game. This is not a competition. But you can, even if you haven't gone through that experience, you can still relate to the emotions that somebody is experiencing that's connected with that experience that they're going through. I know I have in in times in past, right, past and, and and even recently, I have been it's been hard for me to to reach out to people because like when they're going through a hard time and it's made me feel bad, it's it's made me feel like I'm not a good friend because I I'm I struggle. I feel like I can't well I don't I don't know what that's like. I can't I don't know what to say. Well this is such a good reminder for me because I don't have to know. I don't know how I don't have to know what it's like to go through that thing. I just have to understand that they're sad, that they're upset, that they don't they don't feel well. That they, you know, they're going through a hard time. I just have to understand that emotion because I've been there. I've been sad. I've not felt well. I've been upset. I've been angry. I've been those emotions. And I can connect with that. And it's, it's, I have let my fear of not being able to be, oh gosh, I guess, it's not that I'm afraid to be empathetic, but I'm afraid that, that I won't be, that it will come across as sympathy, not empathy, that I've just shut myself down and not, and not reached out and not done the things that I know I need to do in those situations. So this section is a, is a challenge for me as well. Moving forward is to make sure too, that even when I get nervous about if somebody's going through a situation I've never been through, I still should reach out. I can still connect on the emotion that is underpinning that experience. So I, I know that that's, that's a big takeaway for me today, for sure. Uh, and I'm going to be thinking about that, uh, <laughs> thinking about that the rest of the day. Uh, well, thank you for spending uh, this time with me today. Remember, uh, you are loved, you are worthy, and there are great things ahead for you if you trust and believe in the Lord. I will see you all back here tomorrow. Bye.